Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verse 18 of our text says, Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. He who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Now, in an effort to give an example of what he was speaking about, it seems Jesus here cites the often debated issue of marriage and divorce. He again reiterates the Old Testament edict concerning the sanctity and binding aspects of marital union. Now, we all know this issue has been watered down over the years. It was even watered down in those days by the Pharisees. They had exploited what was known as the infidelity clause. Of course, once that door was cracked, even a little, the floodgates were opened and the deluge could not be stopped, it seems. Our generation is testimony of that truth, as the divorce rate now amongst the believing church population is nearly as high as the unredeemed world. Some of the branches of the Pharisees in that day were permitting divorce for just about anything even simply over-salting the breakfast eggs. Of course, this out, quote-unquote, was offered to men. Funny how it was never offered to women. So Jesus brought this truth back to earth again. Not with a new truth, but the same old truth stated previously in the law. Once again, he did not come to abolish that law, but to be the fulfillment of it. But one can ask, How is Jesus the fulfillment of this marriage directive? Well, because he once stated, quote, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. End quote. So when Christ is the center of a home and a marriage, well, his love and unity abound. Verse 19 of Luke 16, we read, Now there was a certain rich man, and he was clothed in purple and fine linen, living luxury every day. A certain beggar, named Lazarus, was taken to his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, yes, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Jesus begins now to tell another story, one that is generally accepted as factual and not a parable. And that's because not only is this style of the story different than that of uh, a parable, but Jesus here uses proper names, and that's something he did not do in parables. So in our account, this rich man had lived flamboyantly. He had lived worldly and extravagantly. He obviously had put all his eggs into one basket, and that basket was this very temporal life. Now enter stage left. We have a man from the other side of the tracks, if you will. A poor beggar by the name of Lazarus. He lived without the luxuries of this world and comforts afforded so many. Life was rough, but he had not been forgotten, nor had he been abandoned by Christ. Verse 22 says the beggar died and he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. 
rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Now in a time such as the one we live in, when the church has little to say about eternal punishment, I want you to notice that Jesus had plenty to say. Hell has never been a popular subject with mankind, and therefore it seems pastors around the world, especially here in the West, have abandoned the teaching of hell to pander to the itching ears of men. But we must notice that the news Jesus brought to man was not always easy to hear and not always palatable to the soul. But it is, however, the reality of the scriptural truth. The story tells us that the beggar died and was carried by the angels. But the rich man, with all his sumptuous living, was left only with this simple legacy. He died and was buried. That's it. That's all. You know, that's a pretty poor epitaph for such an earthly success, if you want to call it that. And now the rich man found himself in the fires of hell. Not annihilation, as some claims is waiting for us. Not reincarnation or purgatory. Please note also that the rich man was conscious while in hell, aware of both his surroundings as well as his pain. He also was alone. His earthly friends were not there to help or comfort him. There was not to be that proverbial party in hell with his friends. He sought some relief, and ironically, he sought even the beggar to bring him that relief, even, albeit, temporary. Despite the luxurious life he lived on this earth, the end was assured. Hebrews 9.27 says, Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, after this, in judgment. Verse 25 says, But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good tidings, and Lazarus in the same way, bad things. But here he is now, comforted, and you are in anguish. Besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed that those who want to pass from here to you are not able, and that no one may cross over from there to us. At this time of this account, prior to the cross, the eternal realm of the Father, if you will, was not yet open. It would not and could not be open until the bridge between God and man had been laid in the person of Jesus Christ. And more importantly, the cross that awaited him. The price of man's sin had to be paid in order to gain that kind of access. So up to this point, man had been spared eternal hell because of their faith in God and the salvation that was coming in the Messiah. Thus they were well in waiting in a place scripture refers to as Abraham's bosom, quote unquote. The rich man had lived for the now and lived for the today. He wanted his pleasure immediately and like the prodigal son, it cost him plenty. But for this prodigal, there would be no return, there would be no second chances. For the great equalizer had come, 
that you see squares the playing field for us all. Verse 27, he said, I ask you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, so they won't also come into this place of torment. You know, I can't help but wonder how many times that scene has played out in the eons of time. I mean, how many folks will spend their lives as this rich man did, and then desire with all of their being to warn the ones that they love of the truth that they themselves ignored, the truth that Jesus is Lord, and that he is our only chance. So it is a heartbreaking picture to behold here. A man who had every chance to make his life and blessings count for the kingdom, and in doing so would have found wholeness and joy and purpose. And yet his stubborn heart would not have it. Thus, this is the story of the prodigal son who did not come home, and therefore was lost for eternity. He refused to believe it, or at least he refused to acknowledge it. And now forever he will have only one companion, regret. One might reply here that such a story does not point its finger at us because, you know, we're not rich. But to believe that would be naive at best and self-deception at worst. For here in the West, we are rich. And denying it is, it's just foolish when one takes note of the world at large. The bottom line here is that it is, quote, better to beg bread on earth than to beg water in hell. Verse 29, Abraham answers him and says, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if one rises from the dead. You know, I think many people have probably made similar statements. But it's not true. For Jesus himself did return from the dead. And this fact, fact has had little effect upon the hardened hearts of those who refuse to acknowledge him. It is God's desire to love. It's not his desire to scare anyone into his arms. However, he and I would fail to love if such love, such truth, was not made manifest. We each have a choice to make. Throw away this life and the one after, or surrender to Christ and gain eternity and the hundredfold in this life that he has promised us. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.